we're going to continue our study on fulfilling God's purpose for your life to quickly review what we've done so far the underlying message that we've been communicating to us in this entire series is this that has a plan God has a purpose for you you are not an accident waiting to happen you are God's dream waiting to be fulfilled amen God's got places He wants you to go. He's got people He wants you to meet. He's got lives He wants you to touch. And He's got things He wants you to do. Amen? So catch God's dream for your life. There is no higher purpose, no better satisfaction, no greater adventure than living to fulfill God's plan, God's purpose for your life. This is the great adventure. Living to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives. Amen. And then we talked about how to discover the purpose of God. How do we identify what is God's plan? What is God's purpose? How do we determine where God wants us to go? What He wants us to become, etc. And we covered nine indicators. Nine ways that God could communicate His plan and His purpose to us. And... uh, Uh, It's all here, so I encourage you to review it. And take an inventory of your life saying, you know, where am I? What do I sense God is speaking to me? Uh, And what do I sense God telling me is His plan and purpose for my life? Sit down, think about it. Rather than just wandering through life, you know, without a plan, without a purpose. You know, find out. Get a sense of direction. Where does God want you to go? What does He want you to become? And then set course in that direction. This morning, we want to Uh, Cover chapter 3, that's on page 31. Understanding God's preparation process. What we must understand is this, that God progressively prepares you to fulfill His purpose. Amen? You know, God doesn't say, well, here's my plan and purpose for you, and good, start doing it. No, no, no. He gets you ready for it. And you know, even in the natural, that's the way we go through life. You know, maybe at the age of 10 or maybe when you finish your, uh, your 12th standard, you felt in your heart, you know, I want to be a doctor or an engineer or whatever. The next day, you didn't wear a white jacket with a stethoscope and stop every person down the street. I mean, you didn't start doing that. What did you do? You spent about five and a half years in medical school, did a year of, a year, a year for, of internship, and then what happened? You came out as a medical doctor. And then you were permitted to work on people to a little small extent. And then if you still wanted to specialize, you wanted to become a, you know, a surgeon in a certain uh, field or certain area, what do you do? You have to study some more. You have to prepare yourself a little longer, prepare yourself some more. Excuse me. And then you were released. Then you were allowed to do what you wanted to do. And very much in the same way, in a similar way, God prepares us for the purpose He has in store for us. If you look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 19 through 21, we are now on page, we are on chapter 3, page number 31. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. What does God want to accomplish through the preparation process that He's taking us through? Verse 19 onwards. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. 
The Lord knows those who are His. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Look at the latter part of that verse 21. Prepared for every good work. Tell a neighbor, you need to be prepared. No, we need to be prepared. Get ready. Prepared for every good work. You know, we, we read earlier in Ephesians 2.10 that we have been created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God planned ahead of time that we should walk in them. See, there are good works which God has pre-planned that you should walk in. But before He releases you to do those good works, He... Let me hear you. He what? He prepares you for those good works. God prepares you before He releases you to doing the good works He has planned for your life. God prepares you. We need to be prepared for every good work. Now in verse 21, there are four things we see that are essential. First, He wants us to be vessels of honor. That means vessels that will bring honor to Him. Instead of dishonor. Vessels of honor. Secondly, he wants us to be sanctified. Meaning, set apart for his use. Third, he wants us to be fit for, the, for his use. And fourth, he wants us to be prepared for every good work. Do you all see that? Yes or no? Four things. Now, what I want us to notice is this. That two of them, the first two, have to do with who you are. The first two has to do with who you are. You and I, we have to be vessels of honor. That's who I am. I have to become a vessel of honor. Second, sanctify. I have to be set apart. I've got to consecrate every area of my life unto the Lord. These, Both these have to do with who I am as a person. The second two have to do with what God does through me. I am fit for His use. I'm prepared for every good work. The point I want to get across to us is this. Who you are is as important as what God get, does through you. Amen? Let me repeat it again. Who you are is as important as what God does through you. Too often we make the mistake of only focusing on what God wants to do through me and not take time to, to work on becoming a vessel of honor. We only for God, do this through me, do this through me, do this through me. And we forget that God is as interested in making you a vessel of honor and sanctifying you wholly unto Himself so that He can make you fit for His use and prepared for every good work. Amen? Now what we're going to do in the next few moments is look at the life of uh, three men of God. We're going to talk about Moses, we're going to talk about David, we're going to talk about Paul. Just run through their life and just do a case study, do an, a, a, a run-through of their life. See how God took them to fulfill His purpose. In the case of Moses, Moses spent the first 40 years of his life in, in, in Pharaoh's palace. And the Bible says that he was a man who became mighty in word and deed. He, he was trained in all the knowledge of, of the Egyptians. And he became a man who was well-schooled, he was well-trained, mighty in word and deed. He could speak, I mean, he, he knew the stuff and he was also able to do the stuff. 
And at the, you know, when Moses was growing up, he probably didn't have an idea that God was going to use him as, as, as a deliverer for his people. But as he came close to the first 40 years of his life, he gained an understanding that God was going to use him as a deliverer. But Moses made a mistake. He decided to step out on his own. And that added another 40 years of preparation. Every time you and I step out in the flesh, we're going to delay the unfolding of God's plan and purpose. So he stepped out. And, and for, for 40 years, he had to stay in the wilderness. Was it God's plan for him to be there? No. Why? Because the only reason he was in the wilderness was he was waiting for the king of Egypt to die. You can look it up in the book of Exodus, the second chapter. The only reason he had to be there for 40 years was because he had angered the king when he stepped out and decided to kill the Egyptian. He angered the king. So the king was after his life and he had to wait there for 40 years until Pharaoh died. Once Pharaoh died, the Lord comes to Moses and says, Now Moses, get up and go back to Egypt. 40 years in the holding because of his actions. But the good news is this. Once circumstances settled back to where they should be, God said, Moses, now go back to Egypt. And God sends Moses back. And then he spends the last 40 years, from the age of 80 till he was 120, actually carrying out what God had appointed for his life. He was able to bring the people out of Egypt, take them all the way to the banks of the river Jordan. Now he didn't fully complete it because of some mistakes he made. God didn't allow him to get into the promised land. But at least we could say, he did a major portion of what God had intended for him to do. The good news, you know, even though Moses made a mistake that added 40 years and cost and, and introduced a delay of 40 years, God still used him to fulfill the plan of God. You know, in, in Genesis 15, God said to Abraham, Your descendants are going to be in slavery for 400 years. But really, what happened? They ended up being in, 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 in slavery for 430 years. You can read that in Exodus 2nd chapter. In Exodus, the 12th chapter. So there's a slight delay in things. But God fulfilled his plan. The second case we want to look at is in David's case. You know, David, he began as a shepherd. And uh, we would be safe to presume that maybe he started taking care of his father's sheep probably when he was 10, 12, or 13 years of age. You know, we, we can see that in our, in our villages nowadays. You know, parents, when, the boy, when, they, when their son is kind of a little old enough, they send him out to take care of the cattle. And probably about 10, 12, 13 years of age, he started taking care of his father's sheep. But while he was taking care of his father's sheep, while he was doing the job of a shepherd, he gained a reputation. First Samuel, the 16th chapter, the 18th verse tells us that David gained a reputation among his people of being a man who was, he was tremendously talented in playing the harp. And he also gained a reputation of being a great warrior because this news about him killing the lion and the bear while taking care of his father's sheep spread through all Israel. So he earned a reputation while taking care of his father's sheep. Now, he must have been somewhere about 17 years of age when prophet Samuel came and anointed him to be king over Israel. So Samuel comes and declares the plan of God for his life and says, David, you're not just a shepherd going to sing those lovely psalms. David, you're going to be the next king of Israel. But what you and I need to understand is this. He did not become king in the next year. What happened? After Samuel anointed David, David killed Goliath 
the women started singing his praises. And King Saul became jealous of him. And David had to run for his life. And he lived in the caves, in the wilderness, the next six years. If we assume that he started at the age of seven, if this happened at the age of 17. Till the age of 23, he was living in the caves. The man who was destined to be king was living as a homeless wanderer. But it is interesting to note that it was in those six years of six or seven years when David was wandering in the wilderness, God did something very important. God connected to his life 400 men. And out of this, who became David's mighty army, and out of these 400 men came the mighty generals for his future army. So what we must understand is this, that even during our times of preparation, God is doing something that's going to last the rest of our life. Preparation time is never wasted time. God is strategically putting things in place, getting things ready for the days to come. So God got these generals ready. They connected, connected to David's life during his six or seven years in the wilderness. Now, David must have been 23 years of age. Saul died, killed in battle. David gets the news and he says, God, what should I do? And God says, go up to Hebron. So he goes up to Hebron and one tribe, the tribe of Judah, they come and make him king. So David is still not entered into the full call of his life. He's now only taken one step. He's become king of one tribe, the tribe of Judah. And he spends the next seven years ruling over this tribe. And when he's about 30 years of age, 2 Samuel chapter 5 tells us, the rest of Israel came and said, David, we want you to be king over all Israel. David was 30 years old at this time. So if we say he was anointed to be king at the age of 17, he actually stepped in and started being king at the age of 30, 17 years later. Amen? And then he reigned over all Israel for about 33 years. Think about the man called Saul, or Paul as we know him. Paul was raised up as a Pharisee, the most the strictest sect of, of Jews. And he was trained in Judaism, schooled under Gamaliel, the best professor in his day. So we can, uh, you know, Bible scholars tell us that Saul must have been about in 30, 33 years of age. Because that's how long it took to be really schooled and complete your training under Judaism. He must have been in his early 30s. And he began persecuting Christians, fighting against the message of Jesus Christ. And when he was about 30, in his early 30s, he had this encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And you and I know the story, what happened? On the road to Damascus, the Lord Jesus appeared to him and he said, Saul, I've called you for a great plan, for a great purpose. I'm going to use you to bring the Gentiles from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I'm going to do this through you, Saul. Now many of us think that, well, the next day he became the Apostle Paul. Not really. If you study the scriptures and look carefully at the life of Paul, here's what happened. After he had his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, he spent three years in Damascus. Three years in Damascus. And he was persecuted in Damascus. He began preaching. He was persecuted in Damascus. He went for a short period into the, des into the deserts of Arabia. Came back into Damascus. And then for 15 days, he visits Jerusalem. Comes back. And in Jerusalem, he's once again, he, started, he starts preaching and he's persecuted in Jerusalem. And therefore, he leaves for Tarsus. And he spends the next 13 years of his life in Tarsus and the regions around that. So, the first 16 years of Saul's life, 16 years, 
of Saul's life. Nobody knows what he did. Except it says, there's a mention here and there that he was preaching. That's all. So 16 years from the time of his encounter on the road to Damascus. Nobody knows. People call it the silent years of the Apostle Paul. Nobody knows what happened. He was right there. Now we, we, we know that he received revelation from God. We know he served God. He preached and taught. But there is no record. The Holy Spirit didn't seem, uh, didn't think it was significant enough to record what happened those 16 years. At the end of the, towards the end of the 16 years, a man named Barnabas from, from Antioch goes into Tarsus, brings Saul out of Tarsus into Antioch, and Paul preaches in the church in Antioch for a year. 17 years after his encounter. Then he goes along with Barnabas into, into Jerusalem to bring relief to Jerusalem, to the people in Jerusalem because of a famine there. Comes back into Antioch. 17 years have gone. And then the Bible says, in Acts 13, chapter, the Holy Spirit said, separate me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work I've called them to do. And Paul goes on his first missionary journey. And then in Acts 14, 14, while on the first missionary journey, for the first time, he's called an apostle. The point I want to get across to all of us is this, that although we may understand the call of God at an early age, Moses at the age of 40, David at the age of 17 or so, somewhere there about, Saul at the age of 33, it wasn't until, until several years later they actually started doing what God really wanted them to do. Moses started it at the age of 80. David began to be king at the age of 30. Saul began to be an apostle at the age of 50, 17 years after his encounter with Jesus. Amen? The point here is this, God's not in a hurry. Amen? Tell a neighbor, God's not in a hurry. Tell them one more time, God's really not in a hurry. You know, the, the thing is this, all of us are in such a big hurry. Now, we want to see everything happen now. But God's not in a hurry. God is going to take you and me through a time of preparation. He wants us to make sure that we are prepared for every good work. Amen? And it's very hot in here. I don't know what to do. We open the doors. I don't know what. But just hold on. If your neighbor is asleep, just wake him up. And as God takes you, takes you and me through the preparation process, we are going to discover the gifts and talents and the callings of God on our life. There are two important things God wants to do. He wants to develop godly character and bring maturity in all areas of life. Godly character is so important. In page 36, Matthew 9, 17, Jesus told us you have got to put new wine in new wineskins. Your character is the wineskin. The anointing is the new wine. If you've got to receive new wine, we need to have new wineskin. A character has to be built up. Amen? See, gifts and graces and anointings come from heaven, but character is built on earth. Gifts are given in a moment, but character is developed through a lifetime. That's why we have to go through a time of preparation. God is more interested in your character than in your gift. You know, most of us only look at gifts. We look at abilities. We look at, you know, what a person can do. But God is looking at the character, who you are. Who are you as a person? 
That's what God's interested in. Our gift can take us where character can't keep us. If we are not careful enough to love God, to build that character, we may reach great heights because of our gift, but we won't have the ability to stay at those levels. We're going to make some mistakes, we're going to do some things, we're going to come right down. So we have to love God to build our character. God desires truth in the inward parts, according to Psalm 51 and verse 6. Secondly, God wants to bring maturity in all areas. He wants to bring maturity, growth in all areas. In Ephesians 4, verse 13, the Bible says that we all have to come to a perfect man, to, to a mature man, to the fullness of the stature of Christ. And Ephesians 4, 15 says, we have, all of us have to grow up in all things to be like him. And how many things? Just make your neighbor up and say, say all, say all. And how many things? In all things, we have to be like Jesus. Not just a few things. See, sometimes we just focus on a few things. You know, I'll be like Jesus here and I'll be like Jesus here. But the others I'll just be a little like the devil. Sorry. <laughs> we got the Bible says we had to grow up in all things to be like him. That's maturity. To be like him in all things. And that's what God wants. We, he wants us to grow up in all things to be like Jesus. So God wants to bring maturity in all areas, in our relationships with people, in our gifts, in our callings, in our obedience, and so on. He wants us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. As it says in Matthew 10, 10 16, there's got to be the wisdom of God in our lives to, you know, to live this life on earth. And God's going to build it up, build it into our lives as He takes us to a time of preparation. Our growth in godly character and maturity is progressive. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. There are no instant character building institutes or stuff like that. You know, you go through it and that's it, man. You come up, come on 100%. It doesn't happen that way. It takes time to build. Character takes time as we work through various areas of our life. But each time we get into a new level of obedience, God takes us and he entrusts us with a greater measure of anointing and gifting. Each time we move up into a new level of obedience. Things we learn today are going to prepare us for tomorrow. I want to quickly run through on how God prepares us on page 38. There are four major ways God prepares us. How does God prepare us as He takes us through the time of preparation? One is through His Word. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, All scriptures given by inspiration of God. Verse 17, for what purpose? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped, ready for every good work. So that's why the Word of God is so important. We need to devote time to be in the Word. Amen? Because God prepares us through His Word. Through His Word. He prepares us for every good work through His Word. Second is by the work of His Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, By His Spirit we are changed into that same image. So we need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. The Holy Spirit is going to correct us and, and take us further. Third, God's going to use other people. God uses imperfect people to perfect imperfect people. Amen? God uses your neighbor to perfect you. And He uses you to perfect your neighbor. So, through other people, as iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen each other. So we must learn to associate with the right people who can really sharpen us and help us move forward in the plan and purpose of God for our life. And fourthly, God prepares us through life experiences. 
as we go through various things in life, good times and bad times, we learn things. Romans 5, 3 and 4 says, Tribulation produces endurance, and endurance produces character. Amen? You don't find character in the grocery store. Amen? Tribulation, difficult times, produces endurance, and endurance builds character. So it's so important for us to go through some difficult times. Because that's what's going to build your endurance. You know, you don't become a marathon runner by doing 100 meter laps. No. If you want to become a marathon runner, you have to run a... Those of you who, are, who received the revelation. If you want to run... <laughs> if you want to become a marathon runner, you have to run a... You can run it a few times. Amen? You can't say, well, I ran 100 meters. So I'm going to be a marathon runner. Sorry. If you want to run a marathon, you've got to run it several times. You can't run 100 meters dash and say, mm, next time I'm going to run the marathon. Sorry. It doesn't work that way. You, need, you develop endurance by actually going through the whole thing. James 1, 2-4 says, you know, count it joy when you're going through difficult times. Why? Because the testing of your faith produces endurance or patience. And if you will allow endurance to have its perfect work or run its full course, what? You will come out. Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know, those of you, the mothers, you know, when you're doing your cooking, you put your potato in the pressure cooker, turn it on. Now, if you, if you just open it up within two minutes and say, is it cooked? What happens? It doesn't get cooked. You've got to let the pressure cooking run its full course. Amen? Until the whistle blows and all that stuff happens. And then you open it, then it's cooked. But, you know, uh, God takes us through preparation times very, in a very similar way. We want to come out, you know, half, middle, half the way. We want to jump out of God's preparation just because it's a little trying, difficult. We want to jump out of it. Listen, if you jump out of it, God has to make sure you get back into the same pressure cooker. <laughs> so you can jump out. God will take you right back in. You're not done yet. So we must allow. It says, let patience have its perfect work or complete work. Only then you're going to be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. So when you're going through difficult times, don't take, the, don't take an escape route. Go through it until God brings you through it. Hebrews 5, 8 and 9 says that Jesus learned obedience to the things which he suffered. What makes you think that you can learn obedience some other way than even the Son of God had to learn obedience to the things he suffered? Amen? If Jesus had to learn things that way, you and I are not any exceptions. So living life's experiences will teach us lessons we cannot learn elsewhere. Some lessons you learn only as you go through it. You cannot deny a man with experience. Page 40. Some things to keep in mind as we go through God's preparation process. You know, number one, we must learn to cooperate and work with God through the preparation process. And God works through, takes you through a preparation time. Cooperate with Him. In fact, this morning, before we close, what I want you to do is this. I want you to sit down and say, God, what are you trying to accomplish in my life in this season that I'm in? What are the things you're, you, want to, you want to build in my life? Because you're right now in a preparation time. Each season is a preparation for the next. God is preparing you right now for the next season of life. 
So you got to ask God, what are the things you want to build in me? And when, you, when God speaks to you and says, these are the things I want to build in you, you cooperate with them and say, okay, God, I will allow these things to be built in my life. Cooperate with God. Learn to cooperate with Him. Secondly, your attitude matters. You've heard it said, your attitude determines your? Your attitude determines your altitude. Your altitude, your attitude matters. Maintain a good attitude through the times of preparation. Three, consistency is where the power is. Tell neighbor, consistency. You know, Paul told Timothy, you know, he said, give yourself entirely to these things so that your profit can appear to many so that others can recognize your progress. But how are you going to have progress when you give yourself completely to it? Consistency is where the power is. You know, many of us do something for two months, three months, and then we forget everything. I actually taught this whole thing, you know, back in 2002, I think, when we were, as a church, when we started. So here I am teaching this whole thing again, fulfilling God's purpose for your life, going over this again, fulfilling God's purpose. Now, I hope after two years you won't forget. And remember these things and apply them in your life. As you're faithful in little things, God will promote you to the next. It's so, so important. It's a law of, of progression in the kingdom of God. You, you prove yourself faithful in little things. God can take you on to the next. Beware of complacency. Allow God to stretch you. You know, sometimes when you're going through the preparation process, uh, there's a temptation just to take it easy. Because you say, well, you know, I've really not started doing the, 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 what, I'm, what my life's purpose is. I'll just go through this. I'll just drift through this season. And I'll wait till I get to the point where God can release me into doing what I really want to do. And so we become complacent. We just let, you know, take it easy, let things be as they are. But, you know, if we are complacent, then really things will not happen in our lives. The changes God wants to bring in our lives will not be brought about. So don't be complacent. Allow God to stretch you. Go beyond yourself. Do the things God has set before you in each season. Understand that preparation time is never wasted time. The greater the calling, the greater the preparation. If you're called to be a general practitioner, find off years may be enough. If you're called to be a surgeon, you need a lot more years of preparation. The greater the calling, the greater the preparation. Do not be hasty. Let each, each season run its full course. Proverbs 21 verse 5 tells us that those who are hasty are only going to end up with poverty. And you, want to, you want it done immediately now, quick, you're going to end up in, in a difficult situation. Let, let the, each preparation season run its full course. Stay within your area of calling and gifting. Don't try to become something God has not designed you to become. Stay within your area of calling and gifting. You know, when I look at, just to say, when I look at my own life, in this season, I'm going through a time of execution, executing some of the things God has put in my heart. But I also know God's preparing me for the next season. The next season of my life. So God, you're preparing me for the next season. Say, God, I want to impact the city. I want to come to a place where I can have influence on the city. God, and then when God brings me there, then I say, God, I want to bring me to a place where I can impact the nation. So each season, there's execution, but there's also preparation. You're in a season right now where there's execution, but there's also preparation. You may be doing some things, but you're also being prepared for the next thing God has for you. Each season, there's execution. There are some things you're doing, but it's also a season of preparation. God getting ready, getting you ready for the next season of life. Understand that the preparation of God is progressive. Each season, He takes you through things. 
There may be seasons in life when you're doing something which when you say, you know, God, I really don't want to do this. But God allows you to do it. Why? Because he wants to prepare. He wants to build something in you. A certain aspect of your character. A certain aspect of your attitude. A certain aspect of who he wants to build that. So he allows you to do things you're not necessarily called to do. But he allows you to do it. So he can work on you. Work on a certain aspect of your character. And as you're faithful in it, God then takes you on to the next. Amen. I want you to just put your head down. And take a few moments to pray. Understand that you are in a time of preparation. You may be in a time of execution, carrying some things out in your life. That's wonderful. But you're also in a preparation of God's preparing you for the next thing He has in store for you. But what I want us to do is just pray and say, God, what are you trying to work in me in this season right now? What are the areas of my life that you're trying to work on? Then I want you to say, God, I want to cooperate with you as you prepare me in this season of my life. So I want everyone just here, just bow your heads and take some time just to pray. I want you to pray for a few moments and say, God, what are you preparing? What are you trying to work in me in this season of life? Some things teach us patience. And ask the Lord, Lord, what are you trying to build in my life right now? You're in a preparation process. God prepares you for what he's called you to do. You, you and I must allow God to work in us. To become vessels of honor. Set apart for him. Ready for his use and prepared for every good work. God wants to build godly character. He wants to bring maturity in our lives. Character is so important. Maturity is so important. Before God can release us to do what he's called us to do. In each season, you'll find two things. You'll find execution, but you'll also find preparation. You're doing stuff, but you're at the same time, you're being prepared for something up ahead. Ask God, what are you doing in my life right now? What areas of my character? What areas of my attitudes? What areas of my life are you working on right now? I want to cooperate with you. Just go ahead and pray. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.